In spring, our thoughts naturally turn to cleaning. Are you someone who dreads opening a drawer or a cupboard in the house for fear of all the stuff stuffed in it? If you're a hoarder, this might be the right time for you to throw off the shackles of too many possessions with some help from comedian Corinne Grant, who spent a a year letting go, and uh, she's here to talk to us about her struggle with stuff. Hello. Hello, Gillian. How are you? Yes, I'm. I'm enthused and motivated, <laughs> having gone through your book. How bad a hoarder were you? Tell us. Oh uh, yeah, I was. I was pretty bad. I had kept just as an illustration of some of the stuff that I owned. I'd kept all of my socks from primary school, all the pencils, the pencil cases, the school bags. Uh, I kept my wisdom teeth. I'd kept just about everything. Well, wisdom teeth could come in handy if you need to, you know, pull in some fast cash from the tooth fairy. You never know when they'll that's, come in handy. That's right. If I wanted to, you know, fake Pol Pot having visited my house or something. You never know. How do you get to be a hoarder You from primary school? So you started pretty early. Yeah, and that's kind of the basic tenet of the book, I guess, is, is is saying that that hoarding doesn't start with the stuff. It starts with something else. And you've got to figure out what that something else is in order to learn how to let go of your possessions because it's about letting go. It's not simply about throwing out your stuff because if you could do that, then every hoarder would have done it already. But it's so much harder than that. And for me, it did start when I was a little girl. And you said in uh, in interview and that um, every hoarder is hiding a big secret. That. What does that mean? Which interview is that? That was um, that was on Book Talk on Radio National. Oh right, yes. Well, I guess that the secret is um, that uh, I mean it's a secret you're keeping from yourself. Well, the secret that you're keeping, I think that I was probably referring to in that is that hoarding is the secret that you're keeping. Ah, you know, people, I thought maybe yes. I thought you know when you sort of you're not letting something go, and I wonder whether it was a, sort of a sign of deeper problems in <laughs> in, in us no. if we can't let if we can't let things go. So look, well, no, go on. Yes, well, I mean that is what I'm saying in the book. Yes, that well, hoarding is something that most people do keep secret from people around them because you know you don't want to admit that you're out of control. But as I said before, that, that hoarding does start with something else, and you've got to figure out what that something else is. And it, it is, it's a psychological thing, not being able to let go of of stuff and of people and of memories. It's all kind of bound up in one thing. And it does include your book does include lessons on this sliding scale of hoarding. So, when do you know that you have problems? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not an expert. This is just my story of how I learnt to let go. And, and you know, I'm hoping that people will identify with it. But I'm I'm definitely not a hoarding expert or, or a psychologist or anything like that. And that's a sliding scale that I do make very clear in the book is something I've just made up as well. Um, it wasn't a bad sliding for... scale though. No. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as far as just I you have... know something to start off from. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and I think most people will be able to identify themselves at some point along it. But I, I guess it's it's up to each person to figure out when they're a hoarder. It's it's like, I guess it's like an addiction, really, that you, you have to come to terms with it yourself. You have to realise that you have a hoarding problem yourself. And, and no amount of other people telling you that you, you have a problem is really going to sink in. A hoarder is, is in denial. <laughs> you have to discover it for yourself. Hopefully not too brutally. No, my father, I would say, was a, a hoarder and I found a parking ticket that he still had from 1966 which was, wow. uh, yeah, and he he would just say that he's organised and, and um, doesn't, you know, it likes to be prepared yes. for all occasions. Yes, that's right, because to admit to the fact that you are a hoarder is kind of admitting, I guess, that you're a little bit out of control or that you don't have control, that the stuff has control, and that's an uncomfortable thing to have to confront.
So where do you put stuff? Where do you, where did you where did you like to hoard? Oh, everything. Well, that's the thing too, that hoarders aren't necessarily disorganised people. It actually takes quite a lot of effort to be a hoarder. Um, so every cupboard was full. Uh, I was storing stuff in pots and pans. I was storing stuff in the boot of my car. Um, and by the, you know, I, I had a storage facility, which, you know, is one of the fastest growing industries in the Western world. So I'm not the only one who's got this problem. There, just stuff was everywhere. And you've actually chosen places to live on the basis of how much room there has there for your hoarded things. Yes, that's right. Yeah, when I had to move house and I broke up with my old boyfriend Thomas, and we came, we were living in a house with an awful lot of storage, and I had to move into another place. I was trying to find somewhere that had enough storage, and it didn't occur to me that that meant I had a problem. It occurred to me that there was a problem with the real estate I was looking at. <laughs> There's not enough cupboard space. <laughs> that's right. And you, you. I mean, what prompted you to decide? To decide look, I, I have a problem, and I need to move on from this. Well, I guess the problem confronted me and I think that's how it works for a lot of hoarders. It just got to breaking point. I'd had some things, uh, you know, as I talk about in the book, there's a whole lot of events that happen in my life that kind of lead to this crisis point. I'd I'd lost a, a, a very dear friend had decided that he wanted to end our friendship and that I'd found very crushing. Something else had happened to another uh, person that I talk about in the book that had shocked me quite a lot and I was in this house and I was surrounded by this stuff and I guess at this point for the hundredth time I decided to try and do something about the stuff and clear it out to feel in control. Everything went horribly wrong. Everything smashed out of the cupboards, fell down at my feet. My favourite mirror that I was terribly sentimentally attached to smashed at my feet and out of one of these boxes this photograph fell. And it was a photograph of an arm, a disembodied arm, holding what appeared to be a bunch of dead sticks. (laughs) And I looked at that photo and I thought, what the hell am I looking at? And I just forgot everything around me for a second and I was taken back in, to a moment in time a few years earlier where I remembered cleaning out an old place that I'd lived in, well, not cleaning it out, packing everything up and my old boyfriend Thomas having an, an enormous fight with me about me wanting to pack these dead sticks into a box and bring them and him refusing to allow me and in the end acquiescing and letting me take a photograph of them before I threw them out. And it was standing there surrounded by all of these broken belongings and broken possessions that half of them hadn't broken when they'd fallen on the floor. They were all Already broken. Looking at these photos, this photo of these dead sticks, and realised that I really was a hoarder. There, things had gone too far. Yes, and good. It, it, it was a process for you, though, and good intentions preceded action. So, yes. That's right. And and that's the thing too, I guess. You watch those hoarding shows on television and a whole lot of experts swarm in and they just tear everything away from people and they go, ta-da, there you go, you've got a clean house. And it's not as simple as that. And I think it gives people who do have a problem with too much stuff a, f- a false idea of how you get rid of it, that people think, well, if I can't do it all in one weekend, I must be a failure. Therefore, I won't try at all. The process took me a year. And it really is a process of trying to find out about yourself as well. It's about finding out your history, what your stuff says about you, what what you're thinking about your stuff and, and putting the two together. And it's, I guess the process, I, the thing I learned from doing all of this is that you really do have to be gentle on yourself. You can't expect a miracle overnight and it is something that you, you should let take as much time as it's going to take to happen. Just keep going. Just keep going. We're talking, we're talking on Afternoons to author and comedian Corinne Grant about her book, Lessons in Letting Go, Confessions of a Hoarder. So I've tried that being gentle on myself and kind of worked through the old do one drawer at a time theory, but 
then by the time I get through them all and back to the first one, I've sort you know I've come in and put more stuff in. <gasps> right. So I just end up in this like snake eating its own tail kind of thing. Yes, yes, and that that is it's the shuffling the chairs on the, the shuffling the deck chairs mm. on the Titanic, isn't it? You've got to get to the bottom of why you, you're acquiring all of this stuff in the first place. What it is that makes you put it in the drawer in the first place. What makes you want to hold on to it? Yes, and now this is back to the big secret. I'm trying to <laughs> look within <laughs> myself and think, what is it? What is it? Yes. And yeah. I don't know why. No, well, a few people have been asking me that too. And I say, I was able to find it out for myself because I had all of these confronting things happen to me. But, I, you know, I think there would be nothing wrong with if, if people can't figure it out for themselves, going and seeing a counsellor or a psychologist. Because really, you can end up going round and round in circles. It's like your brain becomes this big woolly knot of wool and you have to undo each knot individually. And sometimes you need somebody else to do that for you. So when you were cleaning, did you actually, did you find any treasures or was it actually all like the bunch of dead sticks? I don't think I found anything in there that particularly surprised me that, um, that I went, oh, my gosh, I've been looking for that forever. Now my life is complete. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Thank goodness nothing I that... didn't throw that out. I knew exactly. I'd need it. Exactly. Yes. The only thing I did find that I thought was pretty bloody funny was the um, the, the letter I wrote when I was a child to Bruce Springsteen and, and never sent to him when I wrote when I was about 12 or something. And it was this letter that started off, Dear Bruce Springsteen, I am 23 years old and I think you have an amazing body. <laughs> oh. That's lovely. And it's terrible, though, isn't it? You think, oh, what, what I thought—I don't know what I thought was going to happen if Bruce Springsteen read that letter and thought, "Oh, that's a good idea. I might come over to Australia, go out with her." What would he would have done when if he turned up and actually I was a a ten-year-old in a My Little Pony T-shirt? I think you. I think, think you're pretty safe. Through. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think if he had done that, then it really would have served him right. I tell you what cures you <laughs> yeah. of that because I think the only thing I didn't throw out was um, the love letter I wrote to Doug Figer of the Knack carefully oh. along the top of an Archie comic so that oh. it was sort of in disguise. I was going to send in the comic and then my mother found it and read it out to the family. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that, that Probably tremendously out. traumatic. Terribly funny. traumatic. Maybe that's what they <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where it started Maybe for you. That's where it started. So now that you and are you would you call yourself clean? I would call myself a reformed hoarder. Yes. I, I don't think you can ever say that you're cured because it is like it becomes a habit that becomes so ingrained in yourself that it's very easy to slip back into. So I would say I'm a reformed hoarder and I do still every six months go through again and do another cull and just make sure that I am keeping on top of things and I'm conscious of it. But it's actually a joy now because I know what I have in my house and I know what level I want to sit at and going through and doing an extra cull doesn't take very long. And I actually find the fact that I'm in control a really joyous experience. And, so, and once you became a reformed hoarder, was there anything that you did regret, just so we, we're clear here, not having no. kept? No, there wasn't. And that's the thing, I think. If you, the, I think this, my theory is that you're, you're only going to regret throwing things out if you, you haven't figured out why you hoard in the first place. Because once you figure it out, it's, it's sort of like one of those magic 3D eye puzzles becomes clear to you. It just goes ping and you go, oh, 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 right. 
Oh, well, that thing's important to me. None of those are. And even now I can look back and go, oh, gosh, did I get rid of that? And then remember, yes, and I have a very clear uh, uh, memory of why I let go of it and, and how it felt to let go of it too. That, and, and that's important too, that you let go of things with meaning and you let go of things with careful consideration and you know what you're doing. Don't ever throw anything out in the heat of the moment because that's when you'll regret something. It is, it is a process. Yeah, and, and as you say, you have to be gentle. On your, yes, I, you some of the worst, gentle. some of the worst hoarders I have ever come across, which is quite, and it's quite a, a sad sort of thing, really, are um, people who have lived through the depression. When my people yeah. around my mum and um, dad's age, when their parents yep. died, enormous amounts of stuff were found, and I think yeah. it was from people who were like, you know, a hundred boxes of washing powder and fifty yes. tubs of, you know, dishwashing liquid from this yep. ingrained terror that one day yeah. there wouldn't be enough. That's right, and that is stemming from a, a. I would assume that that's coming from a, a deep-seated fear of uncertainty that they feel that they and they had sort of proven to them, I guess, when they were very young that that the world was uncertain and you never knew when it might let you down again. And best case scenario is to keep yourself in control, have a stash there just in case. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a grain of truth for me in that day, not quite in that to that level, but uh, from you know my poverty stricken university days. So how long has it been? Yes. How how long have you been a reformed hoarder? Um, I'm just trying to think. Oh, look, uh, about three years now. Oh, well done. Yeah, about three years that I've got it. I've had it under control and no signs of slipping back. I do. That was one thing I was talking about. Yeah, the the poverty stricken university days, and this is something I talk about in my book too. That I, I think that that idea of would you hold on to things because you think, well, I might need that in the future. I think, and this is like I said, I'm not a psychologist. I think that at some point in the very depths of your brain, you don't fully trust yourself that you're able to keep providing for yourself now. And holding on to that stuff is subconsciously saying, I could fail myself at some point, and if and when I do, I've got that stuff there as a backup. Throwing it out is actually proving to yourself that you do trust yourself and you have faith in your ability to be self-sufficient. It's a good argument. Thank you very much for talking to <laughs> us, Corinne. You're welcome. That's Corinne Grant and her book, Lessons in Letting Go, Confessions of a Hoarder, has all sorts of, um, I thought, although she, uh, she, she does, she does uh, qualify that by saying she's not a psychologist, but there is actually quite a good uh, section in how to tell if you've got a problem in the middle of it. And at the end, there's some great tips for getting rid of your stuff.